Hello, this is Darren. And this is Paige. And this is Where's Where's the the Lemonade? Lemonade? Where we talk about what happens when life throws you lemons. Make some lemonade? Uh, Maybe. Some weeks it's lemon squares. Yeah, some weeks it's just lemons. Yeah. (laughs) On today's episode... We're going to talk about how blended families sometimes feel like multiple families or separate families. Should be an interesting episode. So when we first uh, came up with the idea to do this topic, um, I thought, well, oh, cool, you know, separate families or blending families, separate families. And then you said, well, we need to talk about this sooner than later because of COVID-19. Yeah, on some of the groups that I am a part of on Facebook, some of the blended families groups and step parent groups, there's a lot of people. (laughs) This is a very stressful situation right? The whole pandemic, right? The world is in a pandemic and people are feeling, you know, families are home. Some families have their biological kids and their stepkids. Some people just have their bio kids. Some people just have their stepkids. It is a stressful time. And people, for some reason, instead of bringing families together, um, which I think it's doing a lot for, for a nuclear family. Um, I think in a lot of the blended families, it's, it's, exacerbating their differences it's like their, a magnifying glass on their yeah differences. it's it's super interesting that they're you know i've seen ones where the she was saying oh my husband made a comment that you know i'm done i'm done with your kids your kids are your kids i'm going to be in my room every night when it's just you and your kids That's so sad and when my kids come over you know i don't want you to really be involved with them i mean i've seen that over and over again on these groups and i'm going wow, that is so sad. And yeah, I understand some of the feelings. Um, We're kind of past that point. We have been together almost nine. Well, we've been together for nine years, but we haven't been married for nine years yet, right? But we've been together. Pretty close. Pretty close for nine years. Wow. A long time. It is a long time. You look the same as the day I am married you. Oh, I do? I'm not prettier? Oh, yeah, you're pretty. All right. You missed that cue there, bud. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Darn. But when we first got married, we had stars in our eyes. We were madly in love. And we thought, well, all the kids should love each other, too. We thought that bringing your four and my six together was going to be a piece of cake. Totally. We thought I mean, the actually, kids would just get along. Actually, and- no, I did not think that. But that was what I wanted. Yes. That was what I wanted. And I, I didn't know if it was going to happen, but that was my goal, right? I was just like, oh, love can conquer all. I know if we just try hard enough, it can happen. And I didn't know if it was going to be easy or hard. I mean, we just didn't know, right? We didn't know. But we had what we wanted. We had our goals. and So yeah. let's describe a little bit what our family dynamics were. Yes. When we got married, uh, you came to the family with two girls mm-hmm. that were in college. Yes, they were out of the house. They were out of the house already. So already in college, they would come home sometimes for the summer, sometimes not very long. Right. On on a Christmas break or for the summer for a couple of weeks. Right. And you brought two boys, a 16-year-old and a cute little five-year-old. Oh, he was so cute. He was so cute with glasses. <laughs> he was pretty darn cute. He was cute. And the 16-year-old, yeah, he was okay. He was a 16-year-old boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> if he's listening to this, he he'll laugh at that. We love Jake. <laughs> and then I brought to the family six kids, one who was in college already, a boy. Yes. Yep. And then um three boys. Uh-huh. And a gr- and, and two, two girls. girls. Yep. Right? A 16-year-old boy that was two weeks older than your 16-year-old boy. Yep. And then a 13-year-old boy. Yep. A 12-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a six-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. Yep. So when we first brought these families together, our first thought was, wow, we've got the kids that are already out of the house. And then we've got these seven kids that are in the house. Yeah, the older group and the younger group. Yeah, so we, right off the gun, we said, we probably have three different types of families here. Right. The kids that are already gone out of the house. Right. The kid, the teenagers that are going through this transition only for like two or three years. Right. And then the three amigos, as we call them. You've heard us talk about these three before. They grew up together, four, five, and six-year-olds. Yep. Right? They and over the last nine years, they've been raised together. Yeah, they're now 13, 14, and almost 15. 15 we this have a, week. a birthday coming up here in a couple of Happy days. Happy birthday, so. Madeline. Yep. So, yeah, so they have grown up together. But our vision was that the whole family would love to be around each other all the time. Of course, that was our vision. That's absolutely what we wanted. And but we knew that there was going to be some differences because of the three little ones and the teenagers. And the adults. Well, and I had, we had visions of, at least I did. I was like, oh, Jake and Dallin, they're both 16. They're going to be best friends. Yeah, we've talked about this on our podcast before. They are friends now. They are totally friends now. They they have, they have no, they're 25 now. And they have absolutely no problem at all with each other. They, in fact, they, they get along fabulously. They do. But back then, and we've talked about this before. They never, they never fought. They never were rude to each other, but they, were 100% different from each other and just did their own thing. They just didn't give each other the time of day, really. Now, the blending of the families was not super great at first. And we tried lots of different things to get the kids to interact with each other. Um, the only thing I could think of most of the time was just to bribe them. We bribed them a lot. I, seriously. I, I, and I'm not ashamed to admit that, that I just... Other than, you know, let's play games. Let's, you know, do well, karaoke. Well, that's what we did. We, we created opportunities for- Yes, let's swim together. To let's, do fun things together. Yes. We just kept, you know, I'm going to buy you lots of presents. I'm going to, you know- The first Christmas was ridiculous. Uh, it was exhausting. It was really exhausting for me because your kids saw me as the fun one and I didn't want to let them down. And so I felt like I had to be- this fun person all the time. Yes, and your kids saw me as the stable. Yeah. Stable foundation. Yep. Yep. I took care of things. Yeah, you didn't need to be the fun one. I didn't. No, I'm sorry. But I felt a lot of pressure to be the fun one all the time. And even today when people make that comment like, oh, we hear you're the fun one. It bothers. are fun. I know, but it bothers me a little bit because I feel like there's this pressure. I mean, it's not like I go bouncing around the house all the time. She does. No, I don't. I certainly do not. In fact, I, most of the time you sit there and say, are you okay, honey? Is there anything wrong? You're not talking. Like that is not my personality. I'm not this bubbly. People would not recognize that about you. Person. You know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. there are times, yes, I like to have fun, but it's not like I'm the fun master 24 seven. But I felt like 
I was trying to be that person the first year we were married. I was trying to be the fun one all the time. And it was exhausting. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Caused, caused me a little bit of an emotional breakdown. One or two. A couple times. <laughs> That's okay. But not all of our kids when we first came together, or even, even now, want to see us as a blended, as one big happy family. Right. Right. They want to hold on to their roots. And, and that's important to hold on to their roots. It is. And, you know, I've always felt that way. And I wish you could take the camera over there. If you could see our entry wall, and I think I've mentioned this, we have an L for Lloyd on the wall. That was my uh, married name, mar- married name yep, before married. I married Darren. And that's my kid's name. That's their last name is Lloyd. And we also have a P on the wall. So I didn't ever for one minute want to forget Lloyd, Absolutely. not for one minute. Absolutely. But at the same time, we did something really interesting. We rarely call our kids our stepkids. No. We, we never really have. Mm-mm. And we never emphasize the differences between the kids. Everyone knows that there's Lloyds and Pulsifers in here, but we consider everyone our, our kids. Right. And I think the kids have felt that, even though we celebrate the differences we consider them all part of this one big pleader for family. Right. Right. Um, so I, I think that has helped out quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think it has. But like you said before, not everybody is buying in when you first um, do, try and do the splendid family thing. And if you think that everyone is going to buy in from day one, you are sadly mistaken. Because one... Your kids, especially teenagers, little kids are more like, this is fun. I have a new playmate. Yes. Like little kids buy into it a lot more than the teenagers. The teenagers, they're grieving still their, their loss, the loss of their bio parents being together, the loss of their family that they grew up with. Well, that's something, remember, Rachel expressed that feeling to us. Yeah. She goes, I feel like my child has been negated. Yes. Just when I made, and I've made so many mistakes. I mean, oh my goodness. And that's, I feel like that's what blended families is about is that we make so many mistakes and all you can do is go, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, You know, that was a mistake, but I made a mistake once of saying to her, you know, this is a, this is a better life. And that was the, do not say that, do not say that. And I, I apologize for that comment because that to her meant so the life that we had before was not a good one. And that's not what I meant at all. And it was in the spur of the moment that I said that. And it was, it, like I said, there's so many emotions when you first try and blend your families together. And the older kids that are out of the house, they don't know what to think or do because they're not around us. They're not around the family they pop in, pop out. It doesn't feel like home to them. So that's why when that's why we say that sometimes, even though we want a blended family that feels like one big unit, we really see separate families. Yes. Um, we still call it one big family, but we have to recognize the differences between um, the different um, kids, the blood-related kids, the kids yep. that grew up together, yep. and then the kids that have maybe even formed friendships afterward. And it's okay. All of those things that you just mentioned, those are all fantastic. If there's three blood siblings that are super close and they're still staying super close, fantastic. 
if there's the kids that grew up together that are staying super close, fantastic. Like there is no one size fits all for a blended family. It it's it is you know, it's a constant kind of changing machine. It is. And, and what I thought interesting in, in the article that we read around this, they said the most important thing to do is to, um, when establishing your blended family, is to establish some normalness that the kids can rely on and have some kind of a stable base. No matter what that normalness is, just make sure that people are feeling comfortable in this new blended family, however you've defined it. Right. Now that we talked about some of the things that we ran into when we first got married in blending families, let's talk a little bit about more than half of our kids are out of the house. In fact, 70% of them are out of the house until the end of the month when we get so many back. <laughs> yeah, we're there because of COVID, it is reuniting us with in our some home. of our college kids. They're, yeah. they're like, I'm not allowed to be in the dorms anymore. Right. I'm coming home. Yep. Yep. And that's great. That's great. And it's a, it's a different dynamic, though. You know, it's not just the us and the three amigos anymore. So it's a different kind dynamic. I miss those days. I think that the three amigos miss that, too. Um, but this, this is almost like a little, it's almost like the kids are just visiting. You know what I mean? And they don't realize it's going to be months and months. It's going to be months. <laughs> yeah, it is. So the family dynamic always changed when a child left. And now that they're coming back, it's changing again. Yeah, it is. So adjusting to that's important. Now, we also have kids that are out of the house. And COVID-19. For good. They're for not good. coming back. You're not yeah. coming back. They're not coming back. No, no, no. They're not coming back to live. <laughs> we want them to visit always, but to live. No, there's, I mean, they have their families and yeah. Yeah, so, but it back. has formed some, in a, COVID-19 has formed some interesting bonds for us to stay connected. Like we use Zoom we use like Marco Polo is a great little app that we Marco use. Polo is fun. And it's interesting because not all of our kids want to be on the Marco Polo. I mean, some of them think it's annoying. And so they don't join the Marco Polo. But, you know, but there's five or six of us that are on it or eight. Actually, there's eight of us. There's eight. Of, no, eight. Is that, I, I think, I there's, think eight. there's eight. Yeah. Yeah. That are on it. And little video snippets all day long of Dallin's new puppy. Oh my or, gosh, the cutest little puppy. Or Emma, people. our oldest grandbaby, sending oh. little love notes to us. Oh my gosh, I could watch that all day long. So that's one tip that we use to, we're staying connected as kind of a blended family. But like you said, not everyone wants to participate nope. in that. And you know what? That's okay. That's okay. And that's the thing is you have to take your ideal and what you see as the perfect blended family and you have to kind of set that aside and go, you know what? Our perfect blended family is what it is right now. That's as, you know, right? It's, it. this is good. This is good. Celebrate and the little victories that you have. Celebrate, absolutely. Now, one thing that we've always done is we always invite everyone yes. to something and encourage them, but we don't guilt them into coming to anything. Well, all right. We might Rach a little does bit. a little bit. Because I want them all to come. I know you do. <laughs> Now, one thing that they always try and get to is every four years, and we we told the kids when we first got married, we went off together um, a couple months after we got married, and we said, what can we do to establish like a, a long-term tradition with our with this new family? And we said, every four years, we'll save our money, and we'll go to Hawaii. So we we've, rent a house. Yep. Everyone stays there. We've done it twice now. We've done it twice. Everyone 
tries everything they can to get there. Yes, so it's so great. I love it. Love it's it so been much. Uh, a, a great tradition. And it's funny. They all want to be a blended family when we're all in Hawaii. It is. Everybody, everybody enjoys one another. And, you know, this last time we went at Thanksgiving and we did a little uh, podcast episode there where we had everybody yeah. talk about uh, what they're grateful for. And many of the kids said that they were grateful that we all get along and that all the kids like each other. And I mean, you know, we've had our son down before say that he's never met, you know, a blended family like ours. He's never met people that enjoy one another as we do and want to be together as much as we do. He said he's he'd never met anybody whose parents visited him as much as we did. You know what I mean? We're always going there. He was always coming here. Like we just we do want to be together. And and I'm so grateful for that. And if you don't have that in your blended family or even in your nuclear family, Try and figure out some things that you can do to change that, right? I mean, absolutely. Work towards a goal of what we can do to to get our family on the same page and being doing some fun, happy things together. Well, and remember, patience is important. It doesn't oh, happen right away. No. And sometimes you make several steps forward and some steps backwards. Yep. But overall, just be patient and kind, and things work out and have fun. That's the number one thing I think that you really brought to this whole thing was fun. And I know you might be tired. Too bad, baby. <laughs> I'm not fun all the time. I know that, but the kids don't. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But no, it's, I'm over, I'm over feeling like I have to be the fun one 24 seven. I, I've moved past that, but they know that I'm also grumpy and irritable and they've seen, they've seen all my sides now. Um, but don't, don't don't be trapped into that. Don't be trapped into um, trying to be somebody that you're not. I mean, I think that that can. That if you're can naturally be. grumpy, just be grumpy. Just be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> just bask in it. Bask oh. in the grumpy. <laughs> All right, so this last section, we're going to talk about tips from the experts. People That's that not us. No, people that actually know what they're doing, not just, you know, flailing around like we do. Well, we've, we flailed in the dark a little bit, but we've been, I think we've made some good progress. We have made excellent progress, and I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to discount that, but I just don't ever want to pretend that we're experts because well, we are not. And, and one thing to also remember that when you move to a blended family, it's not going to be the same as it was before. Nope. It's not, you can't, the rules change, everything yep. changes. Yep. That's what you have to first realize is, right, you've got you've to set different expectations. And that's what was so hard. I think with our teenagers, that was hard, especially my son, Jake. He could not get past. He was just like, this, this is just not like how our life used to be. He just couldn't get past that. And he wanted out of this house as soon as possible because he just kept hanging on to, this is so different. Because it was just him and... I and Sam at home and doing whatever we wanted to do. And we were pretty chill. And, and then all of a sudden there's a house with seven kids, seven kids and, and a dog. And it was a lot more structured because it had to be, you can't have seven kids and not have structure. Um, and so he just, he, he just couldn't get past that. Well, and I think that's probably the first thing that the expert said was it is different and it takes time. Right. Yes. Right. And patience. Patience is patience key. is key. They said you need to build some shared history with yeah. this new family. So 
you are going to go do things. You are, and you have to build memories. Right. Right. But it also doesn't mean throwing those old memories away. No. In fact, sometimes you celebrate those old memories. Yes. And that it's harder in the beginning because you're still kind of, um, jealous. What's the right word? You're raw. You're still raw, right? The wound is still open when, you know, if you're, if you're newly divorced and when you first get remarried, things are still kind of raw, maybe. So let's talk about strawberry shortcake. Yeah. Let's talk about strawberry shortcake. So last night I made homemade strawberry shortcake for everybody with it's you use bisquick, you make biscuits and then you, you know, strawberries. It's very good. It's awesome. It was excellent. Now that was something that I brought to the marriage. I think I've only made it one or twice, once or twice before. No, you've made it more than that. Have I? Yeah. Okay. But that was something that uh, my kid's dad made. That I never made that when I was married to him. That was his, he was not a baker at all. I think this was the only thing he ever baked. Um, and so that was the kid's tradition that they remembered that was, our dad made that for us. So, and, and last night we just had your kids here. Right. So you made this last night. Now, I could have sat and sulked and said, this is garbage. Why are you bringing your ex-husband into my house? Right. I could have said that. Yeah. But instead, I guess because it's been nine years, <laughs> I said, you know, let's celebrate this. And I brought up, hey, your dad used to make this. Right. For you guys. Yep. Right? Celebrating something that they would remember. Yeah. That was positive. That was and- positive. And... That goes a long way in building new um, relationships. relationships. Yeah, yes. and shared history. Yes, because right. now my kids aren't, they know that, oh, Darren is cool with me bringing things up from my dad or from, you know, that lifetime. Yeah, we talked about this with Lincoln Chinese as well. Yeah, Lincoln you, Chinese. Your favorite restaurant when you were When still, we were the Lloyd family, that was Lloyd our favorite family. restaurant. And we go all the time. Yep, and we do. And- now my kids are like, it's part of their history. Right. And I was afraid though, when you and I first got married, I was kind of afraid to take you with us. Like when my older kids came into town, I was almost like, Ooh, I think I should go take my kids to Lincoln Chinese without you. Like I, that was my first thought that the kids are going to be like, Ooh, you're bringing your new guy into our Lloyd tradition. And I was a little bit concerned about that. And I think, I remember, I remember that. I think the first couple of times we went, I, I think we all kind of were like, mm. and now it's not even a thought. It's it's a restaurant that brings back good memories and and new memories too. and new memories. Yep, yeah. and we all love it. So another thing they had on there was you know forming new traditions, which we talked about, but yes. also making transition days kind of fun. Yeah, I really like that. That, that way, we've never done that. We've never done that, but I thought that was fun. Like, um, like say you go pick up your kids from mom's house. You always stop and get an ice cream. So they can. Um, it gives him almost like this stop break. I am now transitioning. This yeah. is the tradition of transi- transitioning. And it's a fun tradition. Like, oh, dad's picking me up, even though it's kind of a bummer that I'm now transitioning. Well, it's just hard. Madeline even brought up the other day. She said, are we having a big breakfast before we go? Because we've done that a lot before they go, especially in the summer. Well, it's really only in the summertime, right? We would have like a night and we haven't done that because it's been, didn't really think about the whole COVID thing. And it's kind of like summer. And she was like, are we having a big breakfast? And I was like, no. So that means we need to. Yeah. We need to go back to establishing maybe some fun things on transition days. And I really like that idea. 
I really like that. And then the next thing they give on on this tip of, hey, the families are going to be different. Recognize that. The kids need time to grieve. Yes. So give them that time. You mean when the when the blended family comes together? When the blended family comes together. Yeah. Let them grieve their old life that's gone. Because yeah. it is. That family is no longer. And that is hard. It's a different family. It's a different family now. And that's really hard, especially if they're teenagers. You got to give them space. You got to let them come around when they want. Provide opportunities for to do family things. But guess what? They're not always going to come. And- you just have to keep inviting. You can't force. That won't ever work. No, it won't. It won't ever work. You just keep inviting. Now, another thing that pops into the same thing that they mentioned in the article is sibling rivalry. Yeah. Now, in a n- normal nuclear family, you handle sibling rivalry pretty well. You have your favorite child and you always side with them. Yeah, you're so funny. <laughs> That's what my parents did. Come yeah. on. Who was the favorite child? Oh, Daniel. Oh, <laughs> Daniel and Diane. Everyone knows that. Well, it's true. I am the favorite child in my family. Yes, you are. My, I know my siblings all your are siblings listening right now. would say now. that too. It's, no, they wouldn't. They'd argue about it, but I know I'm the favorite. <laughs> that is true. You're the favorite. So, but sibling rivalry in a blended family can, oh, can take on some ugliness sometimes. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. Oh, gosh. And not even between the kids, between the parents. Because if I feel like you're giving your child special treatment and there might oh. be you know some rivalry between my kid and your kid yes. and yeah that causes a wedge that can cause a big why are you you know doing this with your kid and you're not giving the same attention to my kid like i i mean wouldn't you say i would say 95% of our arguments are around kid issues oh absolutely for sure yeah for sure and not because i mean we have fantastic kids. I mean, we really have been blessed with amazing kids. It's not because of something they're doing. It's usually because of something that we're doing. Yes, exactly. And and that goes into, we have to make sure we're on the same page. Right. That's one thing that kind of counteracts that sibling rivalry is we see the kids as our kids. Right. That we are raising yep. with Sometimes other parents involved too, yes. which makes it even more complex. Yep. Uh, but we have to be on the same page. But I would say the only time that you have those feelings of that's my kid is when it comes to discipline and consequences. When that is when it's like, why is even after nine years, we still can have these feelings of, hmm, that's interesting how he just, you know, did that and he handled that with my child. Like it still creeps in. It does. And you got to watch it. You got to keep it you in do. check. Keep well, and that comes check. up with the consequences and rewards need to be, and we've talked about this before, they need to be the same regardless of right. bio kid or not bio yes. kid. Yes, yes. Right? Um, because now you, the consequences may be a little bit different because kids respond differently. Right. But the rules, the rules need to be the same. Need to be the same. And the severity of the consequences should right. be similar. Yes, exactly. And then the one thing, I thought this was interesting, don't place labels on kids. I think we've totally done that. Oh, we do that all the time. So see, like I said, we keep making mistakes. Yeah. Like, like, oh, that, this person's a musician in the family. And oh, this person's the athlete in the family. Um, yeah, the experts said, don't do that. Don't that put labels. That is so lame, though. To put the labels or to not? No, or to, to not put the labels. <laughs> yes, these experts, what do they know? Well, they know. In Brazil, they put labels on everything. Oh, yeah, that's great. 
<laughs> yeah, don't even listen to the labels that they put on people in Brazil. Yeah. It's awful. That's really hard because you want to almost praise your child if they're doing really well in something and you want to put a label on them so everyone knows. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, Jacob's the cello player. Madeline's the good piano player. And, you know, I mean, just whatever it is, you want to you think you're making them feel good by doing that. Right. Like, well, you should still praise them, but it's placing the label on them. That's difficult. Right. Yeah. And the experts said that you Both. shouldn't be doing that because that's going to cause jealousy and rivalry between all the kids. And I was like, huh, I guess maybe that that's true. So sorry, kids, we've screwed up yet again. Well, that's okay. <laughs> they all seem somewhat adjusted. They are fantastic. Okay, so the next one is you need to realize, especially when your family gets large, is there needs to be some individual attention. That's really hard too. That is really hard. And you actually do a pretty good job with that. And you constantly remind me. And yeah. I appreciate that. You, you say, you know what, Darren? You need to go take so-and-so to the dump. Not to yeah. drop them off, but <laughs> yep. a ride to the dump. Those fun, you know, you know out a ride to dump. Lowe's or Home Depot. Or yeah, sometimes I'll say, oh, I think so-and-so needs a little bit of your attention. Or And I appreciate, because I, I can't see those things. I'm so right. like, scatterbrained that way. Yeah. So I'm glad that you point that out to me so I can go and take some time just to go do something together and talk to them and, yeah. and strengthen that relationship, regardless of bio kid or step kid yes exactly it has nothing to do with bio or step it is spend some bonding time and it said it can be 10 minutes it doesn't have to be you don't have to go how am i going to give 10 kids 10 kids you, you know, know a, a, a weeknight right a date every month well you don't it, it can be 10 minutes it can be a little card game it can be a ride you know to lowe's it doesn't have to be anything major just so that they know for a few minutes that you're listening that you're there that you care yeah that you want to be around them that you want to be around them yep and um, the last thing it had on there was attending their special events yeah that so both parents should be there so we, bio and step yes we have always done that like it's never even been a thought like oh you're gonna go to your kid's thing and i'm gonna go to my kid's thing i mean the only time we've done that is, is when if, they were at the same at the time, same time. <laughs> but even then it wasn't like you go to your kids or i mean we would still go oh so which one should we go to like it wasn't but yes. Which one are you more interested in? Right, right. And I know families though, blended families that it is, well, I'm going to go to my kid's soccer game and so-and-so stays. So, I mean, I see that all the time. It's really too bad. I know. you're missing out on opportunity to connect with another human being and form this great relationship that you could have. Well, it's so important for your stepchild for sure to know, oh, look, they care. They are taking the time out of their life, out of their day to be here, to support me. Like it's huge. Even if you think, oh, they're not even going to see me. I'm going to be in the audience of this concert. They're, it, they just need to see you for two seconds to go, oh, look, they came. It's huge. It's huge. All right, so for our Lemonade Moment of the Week, we go back to the great and awful COVID-19. COVID strikes again. So COVID kept us from, you know, from lots of people gathering, right, together for Easter. I know. Yeah, like for church. We were looking forward to our Easter at church. Yes, we would have sang in the choir. Um, you know, I know lots of families that usually have, you know, 50 people over for Easter egg hunts. And 
that didn't happen this year, but we still can celebrate um, the resurrection of our Savior, right? They can't take that away from us. And we had a, a beautiful Easter and our church did something lovely with our congregation and they asked everybody to make a three to five minute video um, with a special Easter message where it could be a song, it could be a scripture, it could just be you bearing testimony, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and and so, it was it was great. We it got was to great. hear from a lot of people and it really made our Easter. It did. It did. It was it was fantastic. And we miss our friends and it was nice to see them all. And and that was a great lemonade. That was a that was a great pitcher of lemonade. Picture of lemonade. Thanks, friends. <laughs> If you like today's episode, give us five stars on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and head to Facebook and like us. And check out our blog at wheresthelemonade.org, where you can leave questions and comments. And, but most of all, go out and make some lemonade. You betcha, baby. Mm-hmm.